Can We Have It All, a business and lifestyle podcast for women solopreneurs and small business owners, inspiring you to build the business you truly want to with tips and insights to help you flourish. Infused with positive psychology and digital marketing, Can We Have It All is the reality behind my business alongside real life conversations with inspirational women who are building their own vision of success. Hosted by me, Hollywood, aka The Flourish Mentor and Coach. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode two of series four of my podcast. And it's lovely to be into a really nice routine with this and getting back into my flow with podcasting because I love it. I think it might actually be my favourite medium of communication here online. So um, let's dive straight in. Today, I really want to reflect on what I feel are seven habits of successful solopreneurs. So when I say solopreneur, I know not everybody might use that language, but you know, generally speaking, this is of entrepreneurs, people who work for themselves, people that own their own businesses and are making their vision of success with it. And I think it's really easy to look at people who are seemingly successful or have something that in our eyes represents success and kind of think, oh my goodness, how am I ever going to get there? They must have something I don't. They must have been born with this magic thing. Maybe they have the X factor. You know, we have all these thoughts that go through that are essentially kind of, you know, it's negative self-talk because, you know, we presume that we aren't able to kind of achieve that same kind of picture of success. When actually, generally speaking, most successful kind of entrepreneurs and solopreneurs follow very similar kind of benchmarks and guidelines in their life and establish the same sorts of habits. And that's kind of what I want to reflect on today. So the first habit, I'm actually cheating here because I'm wrapping three habits into one. And if you follow me on Instagram, you might have spotted I did a post about this last week because I've kind of, I really like abbreviations and I like um, catchy ways of remembering things. And I came up with this last week and I've called it PDF. Like we've all heard of PDF, like we can say PDF, we know what PDFs are. I thought this would be a really good way of remembering it. So actually PDF encapsulates three amazing habits that successful people embody. And that is P for prioritizing, D for decision-making and F for failing. So let's start with the P, prioritizing. One of the biggest things and the biggest, uh, probably the biggest game changer for me was actually getting good at prioritising. I think for a long time I thought I was good at it because I'm quite a sort of systematic, organised person when it comes to work. You know, I'm an events organiser by nature, like that's my thing. I, I approach things with a system, you know, at least in some way. And I think I had translated that into, you know, being good at prioritizing. And actually it's only when I started working with a coach, a mentor about, you know, nearly two years ago, I suppose, that I realized that actually I wasn't very good at prioritizing because what I was doing was trying to do everything all of the time for everyone. And, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you often have new ideas, like sometimes every day, you know, you'll you'll have a new idea, a new brainwave, a new kind of creative innovation that you want to pursue. And what I was doing was split spreading myself too thin. 
and I was trying to make progress in, you know, seven or eight areas all at once and it was just impossible. So when I really kind of reflected on that and realised that the reason I wasn't moving forward at the pace that perhaps I wanted to or could do was actually because I wasn't very good at prioritising. And when that kind of became clear to me, you know, the penny dropped, you know, and I really worked on the best ways that I can prioritise. And I now have a system called the rule of three, which I teach in to all my clients, I teach in my programs, I teach to my Flourish members, that's really, really beneficial and helps me prioritise and keep on track. And that prioritising means that you're actually moving towards your goals at any one point and that you complete things way quicker and that is what moves you forward and and grows and scales your business and your kind of version of success and that is a key habit of any successful entrepreneur. The D of PDF is decision making. So again this kind of comes really I think hand in hand with prioritising getting good at making decisions. Now, I want to kind of accentuate here that this doesn't necessarily mean the right decisions. You know, successful entrepreneurs and business owners and just people, successful people in life, you know, just make decisions and they don't dwell on things for too long. They don't um, delay the decision-making process for too long, they just make decisions. Sometimes those are right, sometimes they are wrong, but the thing that's moving them forward is making the decision in the first place. So again, if you know you're somebody that kind of maybe sits on things and worries about things and dwells on things to the point of inaction, then maybe working on your kind of decision-making and getting a little bit braver with just making those decisions will really help you move, truly move forward. And then the F of PDF is failing. So I know this sounds a bit kind of reverse when we're talking about habits of successful solopreneurs and entrepreneurs, but actually the key thing really is getting comfortable with failing. I don't know any successful entrepreneur or business owner that has not got a stream of failures behind them. And if they don't, I'd actually be a little bit worried because they probably have a failure coming up and they probably aren't as resilient as they could be and they probably aren't as knowledgeable as they could be. So really a successful entrepreneur has to get good and used to failing and get comfortable with it. Failing, you know, we've got this such a connotation about failing being bad. Failing is an opportunity to learn Failing is an opportunity to develop and move forward and to tweak and come back even better and even stronger. So if failing is something that is full of anxiety and fear for you, then I would urge you and invite you to really work on what it is that is making you fearful and what it is that's making you fearful of failing. What is the worst case scenario that you're imagining in your head? And really kind of come to terms with actually people fail all the time People that you admire fail all the time. People that are living their best lives fail all the time. And actually it's a really amazing, wonderful learning process that we all need to really get comfortable with. And I love failing now because actually it means that I'm trying and it means that I'm innovating and it means that I am experimenting. And yes, I would be so surprised if everything that I ever put out there was an immediate uh, hit a lot of the times it's not, but that kind of failure helps me 
tweak, test and come back again even stronger. So that's PDF. So those are my kind of three key habits, which I've kind of cheated and wrapped up into one really. So prioritizing, decision-making and failing. If you were to turn off the podcast now, please don't by the way, then I would urge you to work on those three things first, because I think those are the biggest kind of mindset blocks and stumbles um, that kind of differentiate people that are successful and are doing well and people that are stuck and feel like they are blocked from moving forward. So the next habit, so number two really, of successful solopreneurs is that they prioritise mindset work. So that f- the PDF that I've just talked through is very much based on mindset as well. You know, they really prioritise that work into self-awareness, into tuning into their own intuition and into not being afraid to kind of explore what's going on in their mindset, in their own well-being, and kind of how that's impacting their work, their life, and the decisions that they're making. So prioritizing mindset work, I would say, is a real key. And, you know, this is at the center of everything I do. So I'm a digital marketing mentor, you know. And the thing that kind of differentiates me and makes me a little bit different from maybe your average kind of digital marketing consultant or strategist is that I equally prioritise mindset work, which is why I'm actually a digital marketing and mindset mentor. And that's why I am now the one and only Flourish Mentor, because, you know, for me, flourishing as a business owner and an entrepreneur totally incorporates the practical and the strategy side, as well as the cognitive and the mindset work as well. So it's really, really important that if you feel like on reflection, you don't have a balance of both, then, you know, maybe that's something that you could readdress going forward. The next habit is a funny one for me, because I'm fully aware of the impact of it. But I am not somebody that I could say, Um, fully adopts this next habit, um, which is sleep, sleeping well. And I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, it's as simple as go to bed early, get a good night's sleep, wake up feeling refreshed and you'll be super, super successful and productive. Because guess what? That is not real life. That is not my real life right now. And it's not been my real life for the last six years since I had children. Um, And it's not that being a parent is the only reason why you might not sleep well. There are so many reasons. Um, But what I would say is I'm sure that regard, regardless of your kind of personal experience of sleep, I'm sure you have identified that when you do sleep well, it really impacts how you perform. So my invitation here is to really kind of review and look at your sleep habits and if there is any space to improve that by one point. You know, I'm not going to tell any new parent who has a baby that does not sleep during the night or wakes up every two hours, my personal experience for four and a half years, I'm not going to tell you to that you're suddenly going to, you know, change one thing and sleep all night. It doesn't work like that. But, you know, is there something that might help? So could you... um, you know, instead of doing the groceries on a Saturday morning, have an extra night, extra hour in bed and get somebody else to help you with the groceries. I don't know. It's a really random example. But what I mean is what regardless of your situation and where you are at with your sleep, don't think that you need to, you know, completely overhaul it. And, you know, if you're getting an average of five hours a night that overnight, 
you need to be getting eight hours, I think actually look at how you can just improve that sleep by one point, you know, and by one thing that might make a difference to how you feel when you wake up. So it could just be something like turning your phone off half an hour early, reading a book and going to bed half an hour early, you know, regardless of kind of where you're at with your sleep relationship or your family situation or whatever, you know, is that something you could instill? Is it something like actually setting an alarm and and kind of having that wake you up or vice versa? You know, if you're somebody that's constantly awoken by an alarm, do you need to give yourself more time to sleep till you naturally wake up? There are so many, I am not a sleep expert, okay? And I've not had a great relationship with sleep for the last six years of me kind of growing my business, but it's why I know the importance and the true impact because when I do have those moments of a clear night's sleep, I feel like a different person. So if there's anything that you think you could do there that improves your condition of sleep, then I would say it's an important one to tackle. And moving on from that, the next kind of habit of successful entrepreneurs is movement and exercise and kind of physical wellness. And again, this is something that I've had a really up and down relationship with personally over the last six years because my capacity to exercise and move has not been what it was pre-kids, pre-pandemic and all these other things. So I'm sure I'm not the only one that has struggled with kind of fitting that into life. When you're busy, it can often be the first thing that drops off. But again, You know, one thing I've really learned, I'd say specifically over the last two and a half years, um, when I started working with a PT, that, you know, movement and physical wellness is so key to how you feel mentally and to how you kind of feel energetically. And so if you're not prioritising that, then that could be a really key area that will make a difference to you and kind of your success and how you move forward in your everyday life and in your business. Um, There's no getting away from it. We all know there's studies about it. You know, exercise is so important in so many ways. But what I would say is do not pile the pressure on. And I think particularly in January, this whole new year, new you, quite frankly, is a load of bollocks. You don't need to be a new you, unless you're a complete arsehole, excuse my language, which I'm sure you're not if you're listening to this. Um, You know, you don't need to be a new new you just because it's January. And in fact, you know, exercising can really, really become quite a negative um, relationship for a lot of people because you put pressure on yourself because suddenly you go from maybe having quite a sedentary lifestyle to thinking just because it's January, you've got to spend hundreds of pounds on a gym, go five times a week, otherwise you're a complete failure. And obviously that's not sustainable. And obviously that's why most people's gym memberships kind of, you know, run out in March or April or something, you know? So I would say when it comes to movement and exercise, again, it's just one thing. Like what one thing can you introduce to kind of become a habit? So for me at the moment, you know, I had COVID back in November. Um, I'm still kind of struggling a little bit physically, kind of getting back up to scratch. So rather than me going, oh, I can't be at my body pump class this week. I can't do the Peloton every day. I, you know, I'm getting out of breath on walks. Instead of beating myself up, I've decided that my one kind of main focus for this month is to 
just move a little bit every day and to do my 10 minutes of stretching every day. So some days that might look like a quick 15 minute walk around the block or, you know, doing the school runs and off to the shop. Some days I might be able to fit an hour in with a friend and some days I might be able to be energetically, you know, able to do a 20 minutes on the Peloton. But I'm not benchmarking it having to be a specific thing. As long as I've moved, I'm ticking it off and I'm not worrying any further than that. So really do think about what is achievable and approachable for you. Don't pile the pressure on, build it up one step at a time. The next habit, oh, it's such a tough one for me because again, I have such a... I'm starting to realise I have such an interesting relationship with food. So the next habit is eating well. And again, I feel like I struggle with this. And I wonder if it's, for a lot of us, the fir- one of the first things that drop off again when you're busy or stressed or feeling a bit overwhelmed or if things go out of kilter a little bit. So I know, for instance, um, I was on, had a really sort of, um, you know, really balanced, well, I, for me, balanced diet um, and routine and regime of like cooking, eating, shopping pre-pandemic. And then when lockdown number one happened, that was the first thing that really went out of the window for me. And when I became busier and more under pressure because I was trying to fit in work with study, with homeschooling, um, with being locked in, my, yeah, that tote like eating just totally dropped off. So it became, you know, what was the quickest thing? It became takeaways. It became really becoming disengaged with the joy of food and the joy of cooking because I didn't have time. I didn't have time to enjoy the process of it. I didn't have time to think about what lovely things we could be eating as a family or, you know, I didn't really even have time to sit and do the groceries online at one point. It was ridiculous. But again, I know that when that's on track and when I'm filling my body with good things and I've got a nice balance, again, I'm never going to say to you, I'd be hypocritical to say to you that you can't be successful um, and not enjoy takeaway or not enjoy some a glass of wine or some chocolate if that's your thing. Like that is not what it's about for me. It's much more about balance and balance, you know, for you, what balance kind of looks like to you but also what's happening kind of mentally and in your mind when you're thinking about food. So is it something that is positive for you or is it something that is negative and stressful and is actually adding to the anxiety and the pressure? And that's what I kind of realised it was becoming for me during the pandemic. So again, you know, eating well in a way that works for you is really, really key to kind of having a positive mindset, to being physically energised and to kind of feel like you can move forward in all aspects of your kind of life and work. So yeah, one to think about. So the next habit is a big one, and that is dropping comparison. Okay, so dropping that comparison. All the people that I see as successful, all my peers, my coaches and mentors, one of the kind of resounding threads that runs through all of them is the fact that they just give less of a shit. And it's as simple as that. You know, they give less of a shit about what other people think of them. They give less of a shit about what, you know, Auntie Joan thinks about them making money online or what, you know, Donna down the street thinks about them being on Instagram or whatever. They just give less of a shit. And I think 
equally, they are much more adept and comfortable with staying in their own lane. And I think this is a big thing. And this has been a real big mindset shift for me over the last 18 months, I'd say, and particularly the last year, is just being so comfortable that I'm doing my thing and I'm doing it my way. And yes, there'll be lots of people out there with similar businesses or similar business models, maybe even doing the same thing. And it doesn't mean that I have to do it their way, you know, and it means not worrying about what they're launching at the moment, how much money they're making, how many clients they have, how many times they show up on Instagram, how many reels they're doing every day. And I think we all get so bogged down with comparison and that will look different for all of us. You know, for me, I largely work and market my business online. So the comparison for me was always based around that. It was always based around kind of platforms like Instagram and how well people were seemingly doing. And it was just this complete nonsensical benchmark that I was creating. Like you've got no bloody idea how well people are doing just because they've posted a picture or a reel on Instagram. It's complete ridiculousness. But I would, you know, I used to compare or I used to think, shit, you know, they're launching right now and they're they're doing well. Like people are buying, shit, I should be launching. No, (laughs) you know, really, getting comfortable with staying in your own lane, you being on your own journey, going at your own pace and doing it your way, that honestly is so like the most magical missing puzzle piece that you can discover is to drop that comparison. And again, I'm not going to pretend to you that I am comparison free 100% of the time. Of course I'm not. Like I'm a normal human being. Like we all get those moments. We, you know, I'm hormonal, you know. So when my defenses are down, when like hormonally things, I'm at that sort of time phase of my cycle. Of course I get moments where I'm like, oh God, what am I doing? Or if only if I was doing what they were doing, or maybe I should have done that, you know, and you get that kind of creeping in. But fundamentally, I know that I can now have a little word with myself and go, Holly, do you know what? You're doing it your way and it's working and it feels aligned for you. And that is the most important thing because if it's not aligned for you and if it doesn't feel right and if it doesn't flow for you, it is not sustainable, okay? Like we can all follow other people's templates. We can all copy, we can all whatever, buy into these systems of overnight success And maybe we can do it for a little while, but I bet you, you will not be able to stay to sustain that long term. And I think that's what comparison does to us. It makes it sucks us in and makes us think that we need to take on and adopt the exact same thing that somebody else is doing or perceives perceives them to be doing when actually that just doesn't help. It's not sustainable. It doesn't give us longevity. It doesn't give us a plan. So if you are somebody who struggles with comparison, I would really invite you to kind of really work on that with somebody and, you know, really explore that within yourself. Because when you can kind of truly let go of that and be comfortable with your own journey and your own experience, it's just like this huge weight that lifts off your shoulders. And I know that, you know, 99.9% of the people out there that are making living their best life and living their true vision of success 
comparison will be so far down the list they won't even be able to see it so yeah I love that one and then finally the last kind of habit of success that I've really seen seems to be a thread through you know people that are doing it that are just doing it is having support so and that might look very different for different people it could just be a really supportive home environment you know parents siblings partner loved one or it could be a really supportive community you know virtual or in person it could be a group it could be networking it could be a membership but it could also be more kind of bespoke one-to-one support like having a coach and a mentor and again this was something for me that for years I did I didn't even entertain it as an idea. I didn't even entertain it as something that was possible for me, let alone completely useful, let alone entirely integral to me, which I now know what that it is. And I think for a long time, it was almost a bit like an imposter syndrome, maybe, thinking about it, is that, you know, I was like, who am I to have a coach? Who am I to have a mentor? You know, I... At, two and a half years ago I didn't have a six-figure turnover business that you know warranted somebody else helping me with it well that that's what I was thinking in my head and how wrong I was you know and when I started to kind of open up my mind to the idea of being mentored and being coached in my business oh my goodness I just realized how how like amazing that experience is how helpful it is how nurturing it is for all elements of my life and my well-being. So since I've started working with a business coach, I am like, oh my God, I need a coach for this. I need a coach for that. You know, and having, I think we're very used to maybe the idea of like, um, like a PT or a fitness coach. Why is that any different from having a mindset coach or a business coach or a digital marketing coach, um, you know, or a weight loss coach or a... I don't know, interior design coach. I don't know. You can have a coach in any area of life because what it means is that you're having somebody who can help you fulfill your goals and support you in actioning the things that you want and envisage for yourself. And a mentor is somebody that can help you because they are experienced in that area. They're a little bit further along than you. They have the benefit of all those things we talked about today, you know, trying, failing, resilience, letting go of comparison, all of that. And they can help fast forward that journey for you by, you know, sharing their experience and their knowledge. And I just think that is so vital. And when I opened up my mind and my world to kind of coaching and mentoring, I looked around and realised, oh my gosh, these people that I look up to and that are doing really well, they've been doing this for years. You know, they've been having this support for years. Why did I not cotton on to this earlier? You know, and so I would say that if you feel like one of the big things that is lacking in your personal journey is support and maybe group support, maybe that one-to-one support, then I would really listen to that and tune into that because I have to tell you, it has been the biggest change and the biggest growth to myself, to my self-awareness, to my well-being, and to my business. I could never have dreamed it would have been. And the investment that I have made 
into my coaching and, and mentoring over the last couple of years has paid itself back tenfold, you know, physically, emotionally, cognitively, every possible way. So that I would say is a really key habit to successful entrepreneurs, successful business owners, is knowing that they can't and don't have to do it alone all the time. And, you know, we get so stuck in this space of thinking, it's just me, I work for myself, I've got to do it. And actually, we're humans. We're designed to be supported. We're designed to be a network of people, even the most introverted amongst us need that energy and support from somebody else at some time. So, you know, that I would say is key, absolutely key. So there we have it. There are my seven, with a couple of little bonuses thrown in at the beginning, habits of successful solopreneurs and entrepreneurs. And I'd love to know what you kind of think about that. Are there any other habits that you feel have been missed or that you feel have been really integral to your personal journey I would love to hear them so please you know pop them um in an email connect with me on Instagram all the details are in the show notes I love to connect with people I'd love to know um that you're listening and kind of what you think so please do do that and before I sign off for the episode I just want to make you aware of an amazing masterclass that I'm going to be hosting totally free for everybody next week, which is the 10th and the 11th of January. So Monday the 10th and Tuesday the 11th of January. So if you're listening to this later, I'm sorry you've missed it. I'm sure there'll be another one coming up. Um, But I'm hosting the same masterclass on two dates to give everybody as much of a chance to turn up. Um, And I cannot wait. It's all about how to grow your business in a manageable way that feels aligned with you. So growing your business, scaling it, making more money and doing more of the things you love. And I'll be talking about this for about 60 minutes. And as with everything I do, it will be infused with positive psychology as well. It might be a slightly different spin on things that you're used to, um, but I'd love you to come along and join me. I've got over 100 people registered already across the two dates. So come along, totally free. Give yourself that time. Give yourself that space for a bit of learning and development, a bit of you time, a bit of focus for you and your business. Um, And I can't wait to see you there. The link to sign up is in the show notes. And here's to a wonderful, productive, flourishing week. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast and I hope you enjoyed it. And if you found something useful and inspiring, then I'd really appreciate it if you could leave me a five-star review and a rating because it really helps other people hear this podcast too. And if you'd like to submit a question or a topic for discussion, then just send me an email. Find me and my business information, including how to join my growing online community of entrepreneurs and content creators, over on holly-wood.co.uk or over on Instagram. All the details about how to contact me and find me and follow me are in the show notes. Thank you. Have a fab week.